Morning. Morning, Bill. Hey, Ginger had her litter last night. Want to see him? Maybe later. I'm coming home for lunch. How many did she have? Nine. Nine? I know. That's quite a few for a small dog like an encyclopedia. But Ginger came through like a champ. You said encyclopedia? Yeah. Encyclopedia. Ginger is an encyclopedia? Last time I looked, she was. Something. We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation about um, Season 1, Episode 1, Segment B, A Little Peace and Quiet. I hope you enjoyed that talk. That was a fun segment to talk about. Yeah, there was some good stuff in there. And you got some snaking in there. You got some snake bacon or whatever was going on, you know. um, And and some choco poppers, you know, like uh, all all your breakfast staples were in that. And then also, you know, some uh, large-scale... uh, you know, uh, nuclear destruction. See, I said the word. I'm jumping over it. I'm moving on. Like words that are hard for me to say. I'm moving on. Um, so yeah. Uh, now we're moving in bravely into episode two of uh, season one of the uh, the '80s Twilight Zone. I, again, I should state this for people listening. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. This is a Twilight Zone podcast. We've uh, previously covered the original '60s series. Go back listen to that. We've covered both seasons of the Jordan Peele uh, stuff as well. Go check out that as well. But now we're into the '80s. And we've decided to go segment by segment, not necessarily episode by episode of the original runtime, or I should say release schedule, just because sometimes there's a lot of things to get into. I've been enjoying it so far. Like, it's been better for us to let things breathe to talk about them as opposed to just trying to run through it. So um, I'd hope Terry agrees, but, you know, he's here. So maybe he disagrees. He's beside me. So no, I, I, I feel like it's uh, it's good for us. It uh, gives us some uh, time to digest these things, uh, really work on the notes and get them right. And then also... You know, it's keeps a shorter running time for our listeners. So I think yeah. they appreciate that as well. I mean, for me as a podcast listener, like sometimes, you know, it's but sometimes you're like, oh, it's a new episode. I don't have to commit half my day to it. Like, you know, as opposed to the other podcast that I do with my uh, my friend uh, Steve, where we go on a bit much. So I can I can I can appreciate long podcasts and not so long podcasts. So that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, still yeah. a good listen too. If you guys <laughs> want to get get into that, it's yeah, a great you, podcast. If you ever want to get rid of half your work day, listen to Invasion of the Podcast, where Steve and I uh, just I don't know. We just get we it gets it gets weird. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> so we're getting into the Twilight Zone here. Uh, this is uh, like I said, season one, episode two. Uh, it, it's um, the first segment of three in this episode of episode two. This is uh, segment A, Wordplay. Uh, air date October 4th, 1985. Uh, number one song, Money for Nothing, Diet for Straits. Number one film, uh, one of Terry's favorites, Commando. Commando rocks. I still need to watch it. I don't love, think I've ever seen Commando. Love Commando. We should actually watch Commando 
on Super Bro Day. Okay, cool. Super Bro Day, everybody should know, is the national holiday that we, I made up. It's the it's the Saturday before the Super Bowl where everybody should get together, uh, eat a bunch of bad food, drink drinks, and watch 80s action films. So there you go. Celebrate all the stuff that's manly. Yeah, have a, have a, everybody, may you have a happy Super Bro. But yeah, I've never seen Commando. I need to watch it. It's kick, it kicks so much ass. <laughs> I'm sure it's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know how we do. Yeah, so um, I, I, I need to sit down and watch it. Uh, so um, also, so nothing for the day, like October 4th, but in terms of like like news, I have uh, on October 3rd, the day before, um, the space shuttle Atlantis made its first flight. Uh, it actually had a total of 33 flights. Final mission was in 2011. Uh, which, as a kid, I didn't realize that the space shuttle, like they would like rotate them out. I was always like, oh, it's the space shuttle, and that was it. But they all had different names. Uh, you know, some, I thought I thought the government had so much money that there was a new one every single yeah, time. It's like they just throw it and away. They just left it. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they just left it. They like they, they left it in space, and everybody they, everybody just walked home. Like I don't know, like okay, guys, what are we gonna do? It's, it's like, just like zombies, <laughs> just like, or dead bodies, like hanging out in their yeah. suits in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, m- most of the space shuttles came back. We call them all. the Expendables. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, so that's what I found for day and date. Uh, let's just get into who did what here. Okay, so to lead us off here, uh, we've just talked about this gentleman twice before, but we're bringing him back, Mr. Wes Craven. Uh, he directed this episode. Um, I we've talked yeah. about him, so it's go a, back. A third of seven segments he'll direct for the yeah. series. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think we can move past Mr. Craven again. And then a writing credit here is a uh, Rodney. I think it's Rodney. Rodney, Rodney yeah. O'Bannon. Yeah. So I thought this might this this dude might have been related to uh, Dan O'Bannon of uh, Alien fame, but oh. yeah, apparently not. It's not a very common name from what I understand, but either way, uh, he helped on a bunch uh, in one way or another in, in the uh, 80s rendition of the Twilight Zone, uh, wrote three more episodes and did teleplays for four. Yeah, like he has like credits for like, uh, in one way or another, 27 different segments yeah. of this. So he's going to be one of our foundational dudes here that we're going to get into. Because like um, he would help on like, you know, like helping with other people's writing yeah, and like what happened was his. So I, I, I'm cutting you off. I apologize here. I don't know if you, if you have too much about him, cause this is, he's kind of a surprise for the series and it became like his, his launching pad. Um, so his first professional credit was writing for amazing stories. He submitted this um, script for wordplay unsolicited to the twilight zone producers. And they didn't normally take outside work. Right. So, but they were so impressed with the script and basically the way it was written and presented to them, they didn't really change a whole lot from like, from what we're actually going to talk about. Interesting. And so they were impressed and were like, Hey, we're going to bring you as a staff writer and story editor. So he would contribute seven more scripts. Uh, he wrote, um, he actually came up with the, the movie, uh, screenplay for alien nation uh, and then wrote the TV series, which I remember, Really liking the TV series growing up. Yeah, it was, uh, the James Con was in the, uh, the yes. original film, and then they he there was like five made for TV movies. Too. Yeah, like after it, the series wrapped, like it did. It was one of those things that like it didn't initially. It did well enough for Fox, but then there was like fan support, so they they kind of did more after. Yeah, not um, a lot of people remember the show or talk about the show, but Alien Nation was a pretty pretty big deal. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I need to go. I need to go back and revisit it, but I, I dug it. Like, yeah. I, there's a lot of cool cool things in there. He also was a creator of Sequest 2032, yep. Farscape, which is another series that had a big like uh, fan base. And then he's actually currently he's contributed four scripts to the CBS Paramount Plus series Evil that's ongoing right now. Okay. So uh, this guy has had a career, but he he had to start somewhere, and it was 
I mean, granted, you know, if you had a script and amazing stories, then that, that, that you deserve to be put on the map. But for him to be like, I'm soliciting the twilight zone. Here we go. And, and it worked out like he called, he, he swung for the fences and this is one of those instances where it worked. So good on him. Yeah. yeah. May as well try. Right. Right. And then, uh, so our cast, we go here, uh, the lead off our cast, uh, is, uh, Robert Klein. Uh, he, he plays Bill Lowry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in tales from the dark side. I was like, as soon as I saw this dude on screen, I was like, where the hell do I know him from? He's the lawyer from a lover's vow. Yeah. Well, cause like, so he was in that agent. Right? Yeah. Agent, I'm sorry. Um, and he is actually he's a comedian. He um he has a, he had a lot of like uh, comedy albums from the seventies and that was like people really like they still talk about in terms of like his influence. And I you know he's one of those guys that when you you just know him when you see him right. Oh yeah. He's hosted SNL twice, which you may not know if you just see him right. Um and like he's just one of those guys that I've, every time I see Robert Klein I'm happy to see him. Yeah, he has a pretty good delivery. So and he, he, he people might also know him from the the Christmas classic Mixed Nuts. He's oh. in that as well. <laughs> and, uh, he's uh, he was in some uh, SVU episodes as well. So yeah, he's one of those guys that he doesn't pull the dramatic trigger often, but mm-hmm. it, he he does a good job with it. Yeah. So and uh, next here, uh, some people might re- uh, remember this woman from being in Ghostbusters, Mrs. Annie Potts. Uh, she plays Kathy, Bill's wife. She was in Ghostbusters one and two, Pretty Pink, and uh, she is currently on the show Young Sheldon. So. Oh, well, she was also in Designing Women, which is like another big thing. Like, because mm. it was like, uh, you know, people talk about Golden Girls now. I think that Designing Women is going to eventually start to come into that conversation of like, you know, uh, you know, women situational like comedy like type thing. Because there are some big names in that, too. Oh, yeah. Um, and then she was also she's also the voice of Bo Peep in the Toy Story films. Yeah, I love um, Annie Potts. Yeah, I, I do, too. I, I think yeah. she's great. And she made her debut in 1970's Corvette Summer with Mark Hamill. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I still have to see that. I, I heard <laughs> I it's know, ridiculous. I don't know if we should, but I know that's the movie <laughs> that Mark Hamill got a scar on his face from that they had to find a way in um, you know, uh, The Empire Strikes Back to make sense. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so next here we have uh, Adam Ramber. Uh, he plays Donnie. Uh, this is uh, uh, Bill and uh, Kathy's son. Yeah. Uh, nothing else. Yeah, only This credit. was it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, whatever. It's kid actors. It's what happens, yeah. you know. And uh, the next, uh, the next person I have here is uh, Robert Downey Sr. Uh, I was pretty surprised. I didn't know he was an actor, but uh, he plays Mr. Miller in this. He's uh, the gentleman that has the dog. Yeah, that's the encyclopedia. That's yeah. him. Yeah. And uh, it directed three episodes of the '80s uh, Twilight Zone series. Yeah. So we'll talk about him soon again. And uh, he was also he was in Boogie Nights and in Johnny Be Good. Well, and to live and die in LA, which I still need to see. I've heard good things about. Um, but so he was, he was kind of an avant-garde director and kind of an absurdist director. Like he would kind of make like, um, like independent cinema. And there a lot of people hold him up because he, uh, wasn't afraid to take shots and like be just absurd with things. So, uh, kind of like, it's almost like you'd have like, like the, like the, the indie rock bands that would kind of be out there making noise that people know about, but they're not signed to a label type of thing. Okay. That's kind of where he, like, that's kind of the vibe I got from him where from reading about him and he's also the father of Robert Downey Jr. Right. But, uh, but yeah, like he, um, you know, he kind of blazed his own trail and, uh, so he would act, he would direct, but he kind of marched to his own drum. Yeah, and unfortunately, we just uh, lost him last year in uh, in July. So, mm-hmm. 
Um, but uh, I don't know who you wanted to mention here. Uh, we could probably just go through the rest of the cast. Uh, yeah, you... I have a few here. I, I found some fun stuff. So if you want me to, I, if you want to, yeah, I can burn through it. Rapid fire. Yeah, we have Brian Bradley as Hotshot. He was in Amazing Stories. Uh, Bernard Barons as the older salesman. He's the one that's behind Robert Klein. I think that you know says mayonnaise or whatever he says. Uh, <laughs> we got mayonnaise. Yeah, we got mayonnaise. Uh, he it was in the Man with Two Brains, uh, the Changeling, Galaxy of Terror. Was the voice of Obi Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars radio dramas when they did those. So that's cool. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents Friday 13th, the series. So a lot of genre work there. And Betancourt as an admitting nurse. Spider-Man 2, she was a woman at the fire. Um, Mission Impossible 3, she was a nurse. Uh, you know, Law and Order SVU, you know, yeah, cool to be in those movies. Uh, Willard E. Pugh as Man in Elevator. Terry, you would recognize him as Mayor Kuzak in RoboCop 2. If you've seen RoboCop 2, I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was the mayor. He was the one that was the younger mayor that was like this shooting his mouth off. He was in the elevator talking about the baseball. Oh, yeah. Game or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I saw him. I was like, I know that guy from RoboCop 2. All right. And he was also in Air Force One, Hills Have Eyes 2, Color Purple. Uh, Helen uh, Udi as woman number one, 73 episodes of Dr. Quinn. You know, DS9, Dead Zone, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, Mimi Craven as the receptionist. That was the wife of Wes Craven at the time. Uh, it might also know her from such films as Nightmare on Elm Street. And also she was in Seinfeld and Voyager. Um, uh, Brinja McGrady is secretary for his nightmares. Uh, and then let's see what else I have here. Um, Lee Ardon Biggs as another nurse. She was a maniac cop two. Sorry, maniac cop and maniac cop two. Got it. You know, got to represent there, I guess. And then also uh, Rave Burke as bearded man. First of two segments with the show here uh, was in next generation Alf. Uh, Naked Gun 33 and the third. Anytime I can mention that movie, I'll mention it. Um, and then what else do we have here? Uh, Joseph Whip as Doug Seaver. I think he's the guy on the phone call that talks about, um, uh, okay. yeah, I think he's the one that's being called about uh, things. Uh, he, he was in Scream, Iron Elm Street, so obviously friends with Craven. And then Dwyer Brown as Robbie, Field, Field of Dreams and House 2. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of parts here, a lot of genre stuff that, you know, worthy of note. So, yeah, uh, normally this is where we would go and have uh, Mr. Charles Aidman uh, do the little dialogue. Um, this this series so far has been proving challenging and, and convention of what we know of the Twilight Zone. This segment doesn't have an opening narration. It has a closing one, but it doesn't have an opening, and I kept waiting for it. And it's like, wait, this thing's over now. There, there's not been narration at all. I thought that was very strange, too, to have it that way, because it's, it's almost complete silence when we see the house, and we're just on the house for a moment. I'm like, we're just it? in. So we don't have, um, <laughs> uh, we don't have any, any, uh, intro here, but let's hear what about one of these? What, what about this? A robot. There you go. That's our, that's our intro. There's a robot. Um, <laughs> so let's just get into wordplay. This is, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting story. Like I cannot wait to, cause you, this is your first time watching this, right? Correct. I saw this one growing up again. I, I think my mom didn't realize that she was scarring me as a child watching this at the, the eight o'clock broadcast time. This mm. one, the, the last image of this episode has stuck with me forever. So, um, yeah, where, where do we start with this? Okay. So we open up, uh, to bill. Uh, he is sleeping in a recliner. It looks like, uh, he's got paperwork all around him, and uh, it, we find out that Bill, ha- he works at a job where they sell medical equipment, and he has been basically studying all week to try to find out all this, like, there's like 63 new pieces of equipment that he's supposed to learn in a week, because he's a salesman. He, he sells this stuff to hospitals and doctor's offices and that, so they threw this all at him, so even while he's... 
uh, preparing in the morning to go to work. He's shaving and he's reading this uh, yep. this book with all the new parts in it and trying to remember all the names of these things. So yeah, he's committed. Like when you see him first waking up, it's like you see this guy. He's like, you know, he's trying to to keep with the curve, right? And this curve is like all these new words, and it's um, we've all been there, where right. like, you know, like you know, you know something, and now everything's going to change, right? Yeah. Companies changing, progression. You got to keep with it, especially yeah. medical equipment. I mean, come on, seriously. And he, so he, um, he's ready. He's about to have breakfast with his wife and that. And she's she's asking him, oh, how's it going and that. And he's like, I don't know why we have to have all these new parts and that. What's wrong with all the old parts? Like when I started, it's like, you know which industry you're in, right? <laughs> like, yeah, he says like was the, the actual phrase like, what's wrong with the old line? Like, yeah, that, that's very telling. Like, but he's but his whole thing is like. Most of the stuff is already what it was, but it's just different names. Guys, like, what's wrong with it? like? So, yeah, I get that too. There's a certain there's a certain comfort level of already knowing where you're at in terms of like you know knowing exactly how to talk about things and knowing how to like phrase things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's at this time too that we also find out that their son Donnie has not been feeling well for a couple of days. He's got the sniffle or something, and that comes to, it comes to be a bigger part of the story uh, ongoing. So. Yeah, uh, but I just want to mention real quick, because this starts off like first, like very innocent. Um, and it is uh, Amy Potts's character of Kathy. She mentions about how uh, like trying, like she, their current doctor is not available. And was, and she doesn't trust the other guy, Dr. Bumper. And, um, and Robert Klein's character is like bumper. She's like, yeah. And he's like, like, what's weird about that? He's like, I don't know. It sounds like a weird name. And that like, the, that's your first, like that it could or could not be. You know, like it just leaves you in that kind of gray area, but that's when we have him go out and, uh, guys mentioned the coffee cup that he has. Did you notice the coffee cup was weird? It yeah. was like the top half was a coffee cup and the bottom half was like a cone, like a pyramid. <laughs> like, it's like one of those no spill ones. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. The, the base was so much wider than the top. I'm like, how are you taking this in the car with you? Like, is your cup holder like, like. Just the passenger seat, like the base on this thing was huge. You know. Anyway, it's it's like when she went to Sears, she was like, "What's the one cup holder or the one cup I could buy my husband that will not fit in a cup holder?" Yeah, it's like what's also a coffee cup and a fondue pot. Can I have that? Like, it was it was weird. Yeah, it was really strange. But we used to have one like that when I was growing up. So I mean, that looks like something I would have made in ceramics like class in college and be like, yeah, you know, I was just trying to make just, just, it's cool. Right. It's like, yeah, it doubles as a bong. Yeah. But doubles as a, yeah, it's like an ashtray or a bong. It's like, that's what would have happened. Um, so yeah, that's when we have him go out to, to get in his car. And that's when he talks to the next door neighbor who mentions the, that the, the dog had puppies. Right. And, uh, he mentions that the dog like, Oh, you wouldn't expect that many puppies from this encyclopedia. And that's when we get, um, you know, the first time of like, wait, what? And Bill being like, did you see an encyclopedia? He's like, yeah. Like, what else would she be? And yeah. And we're, we're off to the races in terms of the day gets weirder and weirder from there. You know? Yeah, for sure. And yeah. so he gets to work and he's starting to, you know, talk on the phone, trying to get a hold of people so he can sell this equipment. And he's still trying to remember the names of this stuff while he's on hold. And uh, his buddy behind him, who's also a salesman, he says, oh, you know, don't worry about it, man. You know, they got us uh, old guys working in here, but we got one thing that they didn't, they don't, mayonnaise. Or so, yeah, it's like something he, like that. It's you know, like, he says, what? we got one thing they don't have, mayonnaise. But he says it behind like, <laughs> uh, behind him, and so Bill doesn't hear it. It doesn't register with him. Right. He's on the phone. And so, yeah, what we find out here is that slowly but surely, as, as his day's progressing, language is like, to him, 
like words are like words that we all know mm. are being put in places they shouldn't and like or they're being used in context that doesn't make sense. Right. And it just starts to it starts to escalate. Like he calls his one client, the guy's like, I can't talk right now. We're gonna go out for our throw rug. <laughs> it becomes a whole thing. He's like, You said throw rug? He's like, Yeah, it's our seventh throw rug or whatever. And they go like it just becomes weirder and weirder. Like, you know, you understand and hangs up on him before yeah. he gets a chance to be like, No, hold on. Yeah. Like like and, I, I have mud in my ears. Like yeah. what's going on? And then like, what was it? One of the younger people in the office comes up to Bill and was like, Hey, you know, like I, you know, that one girl in accounting or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, I really, you know, been, I wanted to ask her out. And then she finally said, yes. So I don't know where to take her for dinosaur. <laughs> the way this guy says it though. It's like, like I've been hounding this girl. Like that, like, that that's what it sounds like to me. Oh, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah he's like, you know, I've been, I've been a little date rapey, but you know, where should I take her for dinosaur? <laughs> and Bill's like Dinosaur. dinosaur? Like really dinosaur and then credit to Klein too, that he's able to like, basically like he plays it so straight. Like yeah. he's like, basically like you're messing with me right yeah, now. Like, right? is this something you young kids are saying nowadays? Yeah. It's like, if, if, if we go back to the original twilight zone, it'd been like, what kind, what kind of goofy pulling <laughs> that would have been like, this is some kind of gag. You, what kind of gag you pull it here? You know? Um, yeah. And he's just, he's like, and, and we got, we, we as the audience are also with bill. It's like, you just said the word dinosaur. Like, what the hell are you talking I was just, about? I would, just like, I would just imagine this guy going like, yeah, for shizzle, my nizzle. Like, yeah, but like, what? No. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like, yeah, but we'll get to like how words change now. Like, yeah, you know, right. Like, um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like we get Bill just being like like confused, but also pissed, right? He's like, people are messing with me now, right? right. And that's when he, he goes home um, midday and he goes to talk to his wife and she's making a meal for their son. And she's worried because he's not feeling well. And um, and as Bill's like going to the, the refrigerator to grab something, he's like trying to talk about like this awkward exchange he had at work. And then as he goes to reach in the fridge, and she's like, "Yeah, um, I gotta get um, I gotta get our son's dinosaur ready." And it just, there, there's that um, that vertigo zoom mm -hmm. that happens on uh, Robert Klein's face, where it's the push in, it's the push in on the face, but the camera, it's like that. If you guys see you, yeah, but the back wall looks like it extends out. It's the Jaws thing too with Brody. Like, was it Brody? Not Brody. That's Brody. Yeah, when he like realizes like shit's gone wrong, like that's 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 the the vertigo zoom, and it really works. Like that's the first moment of like terror in this episode where she she says the word dinosaur unprovoked, and he was like, wait, like did somebody from the office call you and tell you to say that? She's like, what are you talking about? And that's when we find out that like. Um, the word dinosaur is not the word that Bill thinks it is. Right. You know? <laughs> so like, he's like, you mean lunch, right? And she's like, what are you talking she's about? She's like, what's lunch have to do with this? Yeah. And credit to Annie Potts, she plays it so also very grounded that it's like, she is like, you know, our son's sick. I don't have time for this bullshit. Like, what are you talking about? And right. he, he has her describe what the word lunch is. And she basically says it's pink. <laughs> it's the color pink. I'm like, okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's he's getting, he's getting pretty irate too. Like he's like, tell me what lunch means. Yeah, I mean, I would too. Like yeah. people, like you know, like I'm like really like, like everybody's losing their minds. I don't know. Like you, you ever feel like you've been put upon where it's like, okay, seriously, what's going on? And like, it's just yeah, I can relate day. to yeah, every day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people listen to this podcast. I'm like, I God, this is a sick joke, isn't yeah, it? I yeah, know. <laughs> I'm sure half the things I say don't make sense, so I can understand that, you know. So yeah, but we, this is like, so this starts kind of, you know, it starts to, to accelerate from this point where language is changing around Bill. And at first, um, she go, he goes to check on the kid. 
he has a fever, right? Well, actually, at that point, yeah, he, like, um, what was it? He no, he goes back to work at that point, right? Yeah, because he, he only yeah. came home for lunch. Yeah, that's right. Or dinosaur for dinosaur, yeah. And then he goes back to the office, and that's when the elevator start. Like people in the elevator, like they start speaking even, nonsense. Even even the 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 radio, it like it, it's still <laughs> it's happening on the radio too. So like. They're t- telling like how the weather is going to be, but it's it's un it's like you don't even know what the hell it's they're like, saying. You, at get, this you point. get a little bit of this dialogue between the people behind them that you get the idea they're talking about a sporting event that they like, and it's like so you kind of got that. And then there's these two women in the elevator also talking about an actor. So like you as the audience are still getting a little bit, but like it's starting to become like you know just pure nonsense, right? So then at that point, Bill is like just just freaked out, rightfully so. He goes to his secretary, tells her to hold the calls, and that's when we find out that like even his own name has changed, right? Um, but I, I say, I, I, I got to tell you though, like in terms of everything going on here, uh, you know, your name's Bill Lowry, but then your name gets changed to Hinge, Hinge Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> I'm, I think that's an upgrade. Like, I think. Because then you're going to Mr. Thunder, Mr. Thunder, Mr. Hinge Thunder, you know, and like he even gets handed a file that's supposed to be for him. And it has his name, his new name on it, right? Or the name that, you know, what people now know him as. And it's like, it's just becoming gibberish. Where I am gibberish, not the right thing. Um, you know, like unrecognizable because the, what's off putting about this episode is that everything people are saying are English words, but none of it makes sense. Right. And it's especially like, in the particular order that they're using them. Yeah. Like there's, you don't have a context. All you get is cadence and inference. Right. So credit to the actors too, because this dialogue had to have been just been ridiculous to try to memorize. Right. So then, so he's trying, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. And, and, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, <laughs> I think at one point someone's like, sure, Mr. Thunder. You know, I, I thought that was funny, <laughs> but that's when he goes and tries to like sit down at his desk and the guy behind him is uh, like talking like, like the, the same nonsense. And he, you know, eventually like, you know, he gets a phone call and just like hangs up or whatever. Right. And that's when he decides he's going to go home, but this, everything's full tilt, just like chaos. It's like language chaos. And when you're talking about the radio, it's like, it's like you ever like, it just almost feels like a dream state of like, you know, you're listening to the radio, but you don't understand a goddamn thing that's being said. Like it's, it's that, or maybe it's equivalent to if you or I went to a country that like, like English isn't, you know, like uh, the predominant language, how would we feel going to, you know, I don't know, throw a dart. We would be lost, you know? Like, I feel like it, but like the world has turned on Bill and now suddenly he's not just in a different country. Like, everything's different, you know? It was Sepla. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's in my notes. In my God, I, son of a bitch. I was actually going to bring that, that, um, that sound bite up and I forgot to bring it in tonight. I was going to do that. You called out my joke. Uh, um, yeah, I actually have my notes here if you want to take a look. It says Sepla, Sepla. So that's a callback to, uh, um, oh, Season five of the original Twilight Zone. Um, so yeah, it's like I, I, he sits down in his car, and then even like even the signage around him is changing too. So when he turns away his car, instead of saying "fast and seatbelt," it says "fast and stepdad," which I thought was a funny. <laughs> I don't know, it's a funny little visual, right? And then he he turns off the radio. I don't blame him for that. And then he gets to, he gets he gets home, and then you know the neighbors holding up the puppies, right? Uh, he calls them something like soap suds or something. I don't know. And then just like Bill just runs away and I'm like, I would too, <laughs> you know, cause like, I wouldn't want a puppy. I've been like, that's too cute. It's not even, it's not even that. It's like, you're holding a tiny puppy and you're just speaking gibberish to me. Like I'm good. I don't, I don't know how to respond to this. You know? like, like who just, slipped me the LSD? Mm. 
I, 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 I don't know at this point now, especially with how, how little he understands what people are saying to him. I would keep on doing what he did to this, the secretary, like, like motioning, hold calls and like motioning the hand signal, like hold my calls, like doing almost like, um, like a pantomime. Pantomime. Yeah. But at the same time though, like even like you, even you saying this to me, you held your, your hand up with your pinky and your thumb out to imply a phone, which I understand there's physical phones in this world, but even that, that's not a guarantee that that means the same thing to her. You know, like it's just like, you don't know because everything's different now. Right. So, and that's like, it, it, it makes for an awkward segment, but then like, you know, it's, we'll get to the end here. But, um, just for me thinking like, this is, this is an absolutely terrifying idea. Like in terms of like this world changing around this guy suddenly without warning and without explanation. Right. But then when he gets home, you know, her, her, his wife is like visibly upset. She's not like, he can't understand her, but she, you can tell that something's wrong with the kid. So he goes up and his kid has a fever, he, you know, and like he's trying to tell her that we need to go to the hospital and to get a blanket. And then there, that, that shows the true horror of the situation of like, you can't even communicate with your spouse. That this barrier is so like, great now. Like our son needs medical attention and I can't explain to you why. Right. And it's like, so then they go to um, the hospital. I'm sorry, the elephant. Did you notice the sign? <laughs> no, like, I didn't even notice that. No, they're, call, they're going into like the emergency room in the background and say, like, it's all done in the, the font and letters of what hospital would say. It says elephant. <laughs> like, so, and he's trying to explain to the admitting nurse, like, what's going on, and he can't because she doesn't understand. And he, like, you know, he brings in his wife to, like, talk. And so that's when they have the kid, like, and there's this whole sequence, too. It's also very terrifying because we're learning this from the, seeing this from the perspective of Bill, where he's just kind of watching faces. And trying to get it, like you know from the doctors and the nurses and trying to pick up like what he can because what they're saying makes no sense to him. Right, like what kind of emotion they're wearing on their on their face, and like when the doctor comes out to talk to yeah after Kathy, yeah. like even that, like she she has a, a a reaction of relief. Well, but even before that, when they're sitting in, in the waiting room, they're together. Oh and, yeah, yeah, this is this is I think this is important to the story because. He can't speak to her, but this also speaks to what you're saying about like, you know, being physically emotive. Like they, she, she goes in for a hug and they embrace and he's showing that he cares. And no, there's no conversation. And it's like, like, and they, they at least get that they care and they're worried about their son. So it's like, at least there's that, you know, but then whenever the doctor comes out and we, we believe that the all clear has been given, the kid's going to be okay. Like you get that bill gets that relief on his face, which is great. And then he comes into, um, like, see the kid and the kid's okay. And he, and there's that bit to where he, like, he says, thank you God for doing this. If you can even understand me now. And it's like, my God, how dark is that? Right. You know, like that is a horrible, horrible moment. Um, but yeah, like, so then I don't know, we're, we're racing towards the end here and that's, that's fine. Like this is a, this is a 20 minute segment. There's a lot here, but the main crux of it is, is that language as we know it is just changed around bill and bill is just trying his best to play catch up. Right. Which, ties into the theme of the beginning of the episode of him trying to learn the language of all the new medical parts. Oh, and hopefully at this point now, those medical parts are a hell of a lot easy to understand. Wouldn't it be funny if like that was the thing at the end, he picks up the medical thing. He's like, Oh, well shit, these are all the same words anyway. already." (laughs) I just imagine him like looking at him and it's like, it says jello and it'll like, no, not even that. It's just like, but like at the beginning it was like stethoscopes or whatever. He opens up. It's like, this still says stethoscopes. Like even I'd like to know that all the, all of human language has changed except for the medical jargon is the same. He's just like, 
Son of a bitch, I still have to learn this. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and then learn every other yeah, word. Every other word, right? I think that'd have been funny, but bad. <laughs> but like, so then we get to this bit of like after where there he looks like he's enjoying dinner by himself. And then the camera pulls back and we find that it's him and Kathy. She had made dinner and she's kind of watching his face and he says, it was wonderful. It was delicious. Thank you. And he was trying to show her how much he appreciated that because they can't talk. Right. And cause she says something to him. He doesn't understand, but he's trying to be like, I thank you for this, you know, whatever. And that's when we get him going up to, to his child's room for one. Of, I mean, like, I, I don't want to oversell this, but this is one of the more devastating things. I think just from like a reality standpoint of, I put myself in the place of bill. One of the most devastating things I think I've seen in a twilight zone episode of this grown man, lost in this world of where language completely changed around him and he picks up a children's book and is trying to learn and he sees a dog a picture of a dog and it's called Wednesday and it's like he's trying to come back into this he's trying to get ahead like back in but it's like but let's 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 parse that out further um I don't think his wife has a job I think she's a stay-at-home mom right um he can't go back to his place of work you know because he has no like comprehension and he's trying to there's no way to pick it up quick enough no. either. and it's like so i think his family is screwed and there's going to be a guy that can't even explain why yeah you know like it is this is a very weird and devastating episode for me um i don't like i know we kind of i, I don't know why i feel like these plots are easier just to, to burn through than the other like the original series but just it kind of this this is a one note episode not the, and i'm not saying that's a negative it's just that it gets like louder and more horrible as it goes along uh, in all the right ways. This is the, this is a very, very upsetting segment to me. Um, I'm going to put it to you. I already knew where this was going. How, like, what did you think of it? I didn't like this episode at all. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not Terry. I'm sorry. I didn't understand what you're saying. Could you please rephrase that? Uh, like, what words, words? No, like, yeah. Poop. So. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a bunch of Choco Poppers. I, I understand what they were trying to get across, and it, it's interesting enough, but I just don't see where that like that first step was supposed to happen, why it happened. Like, I, Do you just get a guy who's trying to do his normal job, and then just everything changes around him? There's just no, there's no click there. There's no extra step to be like, well, this guy is going to, you know, well, that's it's just kind of that's fair. So you're you're waiting for more of a um, why him? Like yeah, and I think that's I think that's also part of the episode because we never know because he doesn't know why. Right. Um, and and your statement, you know, that is valid. I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, I think that's part of the reason why it bothers me more is because there is no like um like you know hand of God being like, you're an asshole. We're going to mess with you now that you like you, it is like you go out one day and pick up paper. Like words are stupid. And you go back in like, <laughs> I'm, you know, you guys don't talk good. And like suddenly, you know, bills are like everything changes around him. Um, I think that, I think there's the parallels of him being in the business that he is. And they talk about like the old guard trying to stay, stay fresh with the new product lines. There's that fear there that doesn't feel dissimilar to me. Uh, versus something like the brain center at Whipples, which that's a shitty episode of the twilight zone. But there was that coming fear of like, not automation, but like you're, you're never going to get caught up. So I think that that's there. I think there's also that notion of stranger in a strange land of like, what if you and I were both plucked and dropped and like, you know, like, I don't know, like 
um, even just Mexico. Like I'd have like, I mean, I'd maybe a little, I could probably ask where a bathroom is and have no idea how to get there. You know, like, well, the, um, I mean, the, you know. the, 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 speaking of shitty episodes and how this may, uh, kind of compare it to it. I felt this was very much like the parallel where the parallel doesn't, it doesn't go to, it doesn't go far enough and it just doesn't make sense of why it happened to the guy. And, and I don't know. I think it's a crap episode. This felt very similar. It's just like, there's different things, but it's only based on conversation. And there's just the progression and how it changes, how quickly this this world has changed around him because mm-hmm. of conversation is within a day, like not even a day. No, it's like a half a day. You're right. Yeah, like, it's like I also feel like that? this is unfortunately like something I never want to experience. But like there, this is like I think in, in some ways you could also take this as like what it is for somebody to have a stroke, like just. Things are there, and you're making connections, but you can't tell somebody. Like it's there. There's was aphasia is a condition where like you know, the words start kind of like like it's it's a condition that like this kind of cognitive like you know degeneration happens. So this this feels like a waking nightmare to me because if I can't if I can't explain to you like how I feel or what I need or how I can help you, then like just oh my it's like I don't know like how dissimilar to this to like um. To like something like Johnny Guy's gun, where that guy is stuck in a World War One hospital because he got his face and arms and legs blown off and he can't communicate. Like, I mean, how? Like, I don't know. Like, there, there is darkness here that just it bothers me. Yeah, and I like I'm not. I understand your point in terms of like a surface level. I, I'm not. That's not fair. I'm sorry. That's not. That's not dinosaur. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, but um, uh, you know, at, at first glance, it's like. We're in, we're out. It's weird, you know. But I, I just think that in terms of like, if it was with me, I, I just this game over. Like, I have no idea how I'd function. Yeah, and and I just I think part of this is also because I'm I'm comparing it to the last episode, the last two episodes or two Segments, stories yeah. that we uh, talked about in the season. It's like this is the lacking of the three by a great margin to me, and it's like. I, that's it shouldn't be that way and I shouldn't be analyzing it I should oh, that's fair I mean no 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 I can't you know like you I, this is why I love this conversation this is why I love this show this is why I hope people that you engage with us because there's there's people out there that think um oh what was it uh Mr. Denton on Doomsday is a good episode. You can have that thought. Or um, was The Mighty Casey. Some people out there think that was a fun episode of The Twilight Zone. They're wrong. There's some people out there that like The Bard. And I don't know who you are, but I hope we, uh, you know, like I hope we don't talk because I'd be really sad if I thought it was like, (laughs) we will not share dinosaur together. Um, But, you know, but again, you know, your mileage may vary. I just think that, again, part of why I think this is one that kind of has it's had its hooks in me is because I remember as a kid seeing this, like, I, like what was it? Like, so the air date was, uh, Ooh, October 4th, 85. I was, you know, just six days shy of being seven years old. Like think, like think about that, watching this as a kid and not understanding what was going on. Even as a kid, like something about this really bothered me. Yeah. And, and, like, and, and yeah, I, I, you know, having this conversation with you makes me appreciate it a little bit more, but I'm not saying that this, is what I would have been hoping for. Uh, like, I, I, you know, maybe another run through, maybe something uh, greater stakes, but I don't know. It okay. just wasn't for me. Okay. All right. So, 
Uh, all right. Well, that that's so. I was going to say, do you have any other notes? Sounds like you don't. So, no, um, no. all right. I, I all right. So, from there's a commentary that was on um, the the DVD of the seasons. It was a uh, Phil DeGear, who is the producer uh, of the series. Which the more I listen to him the more I respect him in terms of like, he kind of already had an idea of what he wanted to do and then how he had, how he wanted to run the show. Like I'm kind of, I'm going to put him in the same boat as like Buck Houghton, uh, who was like the show, the producer for the first three seasons of the original series. Like it's, it's a good steady hand. Like, I think he seems pretty sound in his commentaries. Um, but so like him talking about, like, um, he said that, uh, he feels, I'll talk about him saying that, that he feels that the series at this time, uh, was made at a time of like pre-irony, like because this could have been easily winking and jokey. The entire there's jokes in this thing, but right, like it, it feels like it's very straight faced. Made today, I think this would almost become a Jim Carrey vehicle, like liar liar. And you're like, I don't know if I need that, you know. But so I like his approach there. Um, so Craven mentioned Wes Craven said he felt like he was in heaven as they gave him the ability to choose from a lot of different scripts. So he liked this one because he used to be an English teacher. So he thought this appealed to him with like the language. He felt like this was a stroke in slow motion, which I think is an important thing to say. Uh, and he also, I also say here too, uh, Phil DeGuerre said that he believes because Craven's steady hand with these segments, he started off with like, we had him do one. He's done three so far, right? The first Correct. three, the next one, the next segment is not his, but the one after that will be, uh, Phil said that he believes this gave CBS the confidence of what that was coming that um, they were able to just kind of, you know, be like, you guys are good. And Craven's like, I don't know about that. But Phil's like, no, I think because you actually treated everything like, you know, you did everything pretty, like really well, well-directed, well-shot, CBS kind of backed off of them. So I think we kind of have Craven to thank for CBS not like looking over the shoulder the entire time yet for the series. So I thought that was kind of an interesting look into on this. Um, but so in regards to the script, Phil talked about how in the writer's room, they would just go behind closed doors and take all the writers and all the material they're working on, and they would just attack it. They would just keep attacking it to see if it held up under scrutiny. And if it didn't, uh, they would get rid of it. But if it did, that's what made it on the show. And so they talk about how this script, they really didn't do much because they, like, they're like, this is great. And like they would try to kind of like put it under the same like like um microscope and 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 like they're like to their knowledge, nothing really came up. And they just, it was one of the few times that they really let something just kind of go from the initial page onto the screen. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad that they had uh, that much freedom uh, to exist in that kind of world and get it off the ground and yeah. get it to the screen. It's like you said, like there's, there's a lot of hands that get into this stuff and it gets, it gets a little, it gets a little hairy and I'm glad this was made and it's an interesting concept and, you know, and I see I see more merit to it now. Uh, you know, conversing with you about it, but uh, you know, I don't know what what, <laughs> where, what where are you at, people? Let us know how you feel about it. Um, yeah, I just I it's 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 a rare thing for Terry and I to be like markedly divided about something. I just I don't know if we can continue on now. The show's over, everybody. Good night. No, I'm kidding. Um, we're breaking up. We're breaking up. We're done. <laughs> this is it. I didn't realize that this was going to be it. Just one and one and one third episodes in. <laughs> Like uh, the 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 eighty series, we're out. We're done. Supla, right? Uh, so, no, I think that's like let's just read that twist, and then we'll talk about what's coming next here. So, so the twist, twist ratings one out of five. One being like we you know saw it coming a mile away, and five being mind blowing. I'd already seen this episode, so the final shot for me I already knew. But I will say that the twist for me is that that um that. 
that this isn't like as much as I feel like this family is like is is going to have a lot of hard like hard times coming forward. This this isn't like um, I, I guess I don't ever see that this guy this guy's not a bad guy, and he's dealing with like a horrible circumstance, which generally in terms of the Twilight Zone usually. Um, the sinners get punished. This guy isn't a sinner. So I'm going to say, I'm going to put it at a three that the twist is that this guy was like just existing. And the twilight zone came a knocking and was like, Hey, how about we just like mess up your words? You know? So I don't know. How do you feel? Yeah. I feel like it's gotta be a three for me as well, because I just didn't see this kind of outcome. And then, well, outcome considering, you know, it tries to go like a little bit of a hopeful note too, but it's like, it's one of those, it's like hopeful until you start thinking about it. You know, I mean, yeah. there's been plenty of episodes in the past uh, original series where it's like the hand of fate fell upon a somebody random's shoulder. So it's like, you know, don't, we don't need Bill to be some piece of crap that just this happened to. But it's it would have made more sense to me. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So let's go do it for a discussion about the, the first segment of uh, episode two wordplay. Uh, you guys could uh, find us on strange highways uh, on Facebook. You can email us directly at strange highways, podcast, gmail.com, wherever you find your podcast, uh, please rate and review us. Um, and Terry, how, how else can people find us? We are on Instagram. Please check us out on there. We've gotten uh, a little bit more going on over there. We've had a little bit more time to focus on our uh, social media accounts. Yeah, and I mean, it's nice to be able to take screenshots of like what I want to take yeah. images of, right? Because, you know. Man, you've been doing know. a hell of a job, sir. <laughs> I, don't, I just, I don't know, like the last the last episode, I like the idea that our main character just shoved money in someone's face, and I wanted to get a screenshot of it. Yeah, you know? that's good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check us out on there. Uh, give us some likes. Give us some follows. Share. You know, it's not our stuff, so whatever. Um, <laughs> but and then please, please, please uh, go to Spotify. If you are if you are a listener on Spotify or nobody know somebody who is, have them go over there and rate our podcast. You, they have a new one to five rating on there, and hopefully we've made it into your hearts enough to get that five star rating. Yeah. So again, yeah, the more the merrier. Please let everybody know if you enjoy this and enjoy our conversations. We we love engaging with it, and we you know we want more, like more people, because. The more people, the more voices, the, the more interesting it gets, right? So please. Uh, so yeah, that's going to do it for a discussion about wordplay. So let's just find out what we're talking about next. And now, Mr. Serling. So the next segment we're talking about is going to be uh, episode two, segment B, called Dreams for Sale. Um, this is going to be the shortest thing we've ever covered on the show so far in terms of Train Strange Highways. It's nine minutes plus, and that's it. Interesting. Because um, the next two segments of episode two are like 10 minutes each. So um, we're going to see how that goes, right? So the next the next one called Dream for Sale has Meg Foster in it, uh, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. So we'll have some things to talk about. There's some pedigree there. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be interesting to see if we can um, make a 20-minute episode out of a 10-minute story. I'm kidding. But I think there's going to be things to chew on. It's the Twilight Zone. There's always things to chew on. Right, so it's how it's it's our favorite dinosaur. That's what we get. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> so so yeah, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Uh, have a safe week, and also just remember what we have that no one else has is mayonnaise. Sepla. Uh,
Robin. Oh, hey, Mr. Lowry. You know that new girl in accounting, Barbie? Sure. Well, I've been asking her out and asking her out, and she finally says okay. She's going to be here in five minutes, and I can't think of any place that take her for dinosaur. I mean, I thought of the Capital Inn, but it might look like I'm trying too hard. What do you think? 